Hey everybody, my guest today is Raja Kumari. She's an Indian American rapper and singer and songwriter who was born in Southern California, but has spent a lot of time in India. She's one of the judges on a show called MTV Hustle, which is a rap competition show in India. As a songwriter, she's worked with artists including Gwen Stefani, Fifth Harmony, Fall Out Boy, Iggy Azalea, and Twin Shadow, just to name a few. But right now she's working on her own solo album, which she hopes will raise her profile here in the States. So here it is, episode 37 with Raja Kumari. So you've got a lot going on now you've been kind of releasing these music videos incrementally over the past few months. Yes. You're signed. Yeah. You're signed to mass appeal India, which is, uh, well, mass appeal is a really big brand, you know, Nas run the jewels, Jay Dilla, you know, there's a lot of big acts associated with that brand. So what does it mean to you to be a part of that brand and that label? I mean, somebody who grew up in America and, you know, grew up on hip hop and in a lot of ways felt like I didn't belong, you know, sometimes when I was growing up and like found myself in hip hop, it's, it's an amazing feeling. You know, I think I, I think I'm the only female. He calls me, I was, I was told I was the first lady of mass appeal. So I liked that, you know? Yeah. So just going to places where, you know, we've never been as an Indian, as a female, that's amazing. And amazing isn't even the word. It's like, manifestation in its highest form. I remember listening to Nas in my bedroom. I was a young kid. No one in my family listens to hip hop. My brother listens to Sublime. The other one was like listening to U2. And I was just like there with Nas listening to um, One Mike. And, you know, now to be, you know, have him as a mentor, you know, have him listening through my project, you know, being there. It's such a blessing. And, and I feel like I'm finally where I'm supposed to be. Like I'm with the right people. So this, so you're releasing a full album near the end of the summer, correct? Mm-hmm. It's ready. It's it's in. What's going to mix? You know, final final touches. But um, it's an interesting project because it's the first one that I recorded in India. And now I'm like, usually my projects are recorded in America and like kind of taken to India. So this one, I work with a lot of American producers, but it was actually recorded in Bombay. So I feel like a lot of that energy is in the album. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And this is your first full-length solo album, correct? I've had EPs. I've had singles. Um, Mixed you know, I, I did, yeah, stuff before. You know, I did an EP last year with um, with Sony, and now this this year I've I've changed. You know, um, scenarios. But this is the first time. It's like it's going to be. I think eight tracks. We're we're going we're going full. There's a lot more music where it comes from, but I'm excited about this collection because it's just like a snapshot in time. It's this like energy and it was written a lot of it was written like in december you know december january of last year so i was on tour i was doing like six shows in eight days like on a plane every minute headlining festivals you know everything a girl could dream of and i think that that energy is so embedded in the music and now that we're going through this transition phase where you know reality is 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 being reimagined you know, in some ways, like, what is our reality? How does the music apply? I'm glad that I created this like high energy music to kind of like get me through this time period and whoever else is on this journey with me and the music that I'm creating now, it's, you know, it's the next chapter. So 
you know, we always keep it moving. Well, aren't you glad you made some dope videos before quarantine? Oh, you know, the video, the NRI, actually, the first single from this album was made the morning I left India to come to quarantine on March 14th. Basically, my dad was like, we were watching the situation. Uh, my whole family's in America and I was in India. And, you know, it just became, you know, the whole family was like, let's get her home. So we made a decision within 24 hours, I was going to be on a flight. So I called my team by 3 a.m. Makeup and hair arrived. By 6 a.m., I was fully like in that full form. And we just went and shot downstairs from my apartment. Like everything you're seeing is like where I actually live in Bombay for the last few years. Well, it doesn't look, it doesn't look, you know, um, slapped together at the last minute. It looks well, well, it looks really well planned out. You know, the little girls that is like my favorite shot is me walking with the school girls. That just happened because we were out at 7.45 in the morning trying to shoot near the, like the vegetable market and the school was there and the little girls were just walking to school. So I was like, turn the car around, jumped out. I was like, hi, I'm Raja Kumari. Like, do you guys mind walking in this video with me? And they were like, cause they'd seen me on TV and they knew who I was. Yeah. So they were happy to do it. And I love the strength and it was it. They just walked and then they just kept walking to class. But that, and then, you know, the second video piece, we just, me and Sean Thomas, who's my longtime collaborator, videographer, we just went to, Antelope Valley to try to film the poppies and they were dead. So then we went to Mount Baldy, which is where I grew up and just filmed it in nature. But that was just two people, you know, we were just out there. You know, the NRI video, you know, it touches on the idea that you're, have your foot in two different cultures, uh, America and India, and that you're too American for India and that you're too Indian for America. Yeah. Yeah. Have you always felt that way? When did you kind of realize that you were kind of stuck between two worlds? I think that was very early on um, because my classical Indian training would have me performing. So I think maybe some Indian children that are just kind of experiencing India in their home, they can compartmentalize it. But I was touring India. I was traveling to, you know, New York to perform at the Hindu temple there. So it was very like outwardly part of my life. So I needed to find a way to, to make sense of both of them. And I think up until high school, I was, you know, more sheltered. I went to a private school. There wasn't many people. And I think out of my 20 kids I was in class with, four were Indian. So I had like a good ratio, you know? I was like, oh, we're around. And then I went to high school and I was one of four in the entire school, you know? And there was thousands of people there. So I think during that time um, is really when I found hip hop because I think Lauren Hill, just hearing her be such a strong voice, you know, on the backdrop of two men, you know, Praz and Wyclef. And I felt that she held her own, she spoke knowledge, and I love that she was singing and rapping. There was really no difference, you know? And that is how I kind of, I discovered that that was an option, that was a possibility. And I thought, okay, well, I love my dance. I love my culture. I don't wanna leave it behind. What I really need to do is find a way to put it on this, you know, vehicle of hip hop but keep those things that are important to me. And, you know, I can express everything in this safe space. And that was what music was very early for me. I think by like 14 or 15, I was already trying to mix Sanskrit and English. How traditional was your upbringing in terms of Indian culture? How did your parents feel about you getting into hip hop? Oh, so traditional. But, you know, I think being the la like the youngest child has a lot of perks because they've like, They've made the mistakes. Yeah, they made their mistakes and they've chilled out. So I was the only girl and the youngest. So 
you know, they were a little more lenient. They allowed me, you know, to do things. Like if I wasn't allowed to really like do any like sports that would like hurt my body because I'm a classical dancer, but they let me learn music and piano and whatever else I, I wanted to do. I think they hoped I would sing Celine Dion songs, opera singer, you know, something beautiful they could share with their friends. And I'm sure one of my first songs, you know, saying, thought that the curry was soup. I, I had to feed them fools or like, I thought of running, like, you know, all the, all the shit that I talk basically. I think that that was an interesting transition. Was not easy, but my parents, I think my dad and my mom decided when they raised us in America, even though we'd be taught about India, we would be American. And the American part of us was follow your bliss, you know, go after your dreams. Anything is possible in America, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and, you know, you'll get your opportunity. That was ingrained also in us. So me seeking out my passion, my dad had no chance, like no choice other than to be like, all right, let's just, you know, let's let her do her thing. But they were not happy in the beginning. You've had a really interesting career and and you've had all these different layers and you first made waves as a songwriter for other people as 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 exemplified by your background here. Because other people's plaques. My yeah. plaques have not come yet. I need my own plaques. You need your own plaques. Make your own plaques. I, I did get some information that my, my song in India did go platinum. So I'm getting my own plaque. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm curious. How famous are you in India compared to the US? It's very different. I think in India, I'm... In India, there are not many females that occupy the space. So if you can do it, then you're known, you know, like even though there's a billion people, the industry is still small. That's how it is like with American music and then Los Angeles, you know, or like New York, like the centers. I definitely have some areas of India that when I'm walking down the street, I'll have to take pictures and stop. I, I, I think I still struggle with understanding how known I am because I'm always working and I always feel that until I break in America that it, it's not like, hasn't happened. It's really strange for Americans to wrap their heads around that India has three times the population that the United States has. 1.4 billion people just in. Yeah, so that's more like four times the population. Yeah. And that's not even that's not even counting the diaspora. So like the Indians in America, the Indians in England, the Indians in Malaysia, the ones in Australia, that's not even counted in the 1.4 billion. Yeah. When I was a call, I started my, I was a college DJ and there was a Bollywood music show before me. And nice. yeah, and they had such a huge, in, in Miami, I went to University of Miami and they had, even though, you know, it was like this little college radio station, there was like this, this really intense group of people who followed this Bollywood music show on this college radio station. That's the phenomenon I think of the diaspora. I think like when you grow up far from the motherland, you you hold tight to the things that are close to your mother, like where you come from, you know? Even though we're born in America, you can't erase thousands of years of heritage, you know, and, 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 and culture that's passed down. So I think when there's like an Indian club or if there's an Indian artist, like you saw when Jay Sean came out, a lot of people don't know he's Indian because his name isn't like so Indian, but we knew we had been supporting him for years. And, you know, you saw him skyrocket to number one in the US, you know, on the US charts with the song Down. That was a huge moment for us, you know? And I think whenever we see somebody from the Indian community doing something different and being successful, I think the energy now in the community, maybe it always wasn't there, is to uplift that person because they are going to do more for us 
all, like, you know, Hassan Minaj, Aziz Ansari, Priyanka Chopra, Mindy Kaling, uh, you know, um, there's so many people like... Uh, Russell Peters. Russell Peters. There's a lot of people, Lily Singh, you yeah. know, like there's so many different genres of, of world, um, you know, where people are, are breaking, you know, musicians like A.R. Rahman, who did the music for Slumdog Millionaire. That was a lot of people's first introduction to Indian culture. And since then till now, we've made progress, but it's been slow. But if we have mainstream breakthrough success, not only in film and comedy, but in music, because I think music is one of the most powerful genres and hip hop is the most powerful genre in the world. I think we can see impact. Let's talk about Indian hip hop. You are one of the judges on a show called um, The Hustle on MTV, MTV Hustle, yeah. MTV Hustle on, on, in, in India. In, in America, you know, well, you grew up with, we're about the same age, you grew up with an MTV that transitioned from a music channel to a reality show channel yeah. and some scripted shows on that. In India, is MTV still music centric? It still plays videos. Like that's amazing. Videos. That's amazing. That makes that my heart feel so day. good. It's so wonderful. Like I get tags from people watching like VH1 and MTV in, in India, and they'll be like, "The music is playing." Like they have indie shows where they're they started making these new shows where they're playing Indian artists because in some ways they weren't playing Indian artists. They were playing like U.S. artists like in India. Like the most of the stuff would be like Taylor, they'd be like, you know, like, um, it'd be like Travis Scott or like, you know, it'll be like uh, Britney Spears or like, you know, won't be the Indian artists, but now they have this whole movement because Indian hip hop is growing and obviously mass appeal came and signed Indian rappers. So there is, the world is paying attention, you know? So now India is finally like supporting their own in some ways. Well, 1.4 billion people, there's gotta be some good rappers in there somewhere, oh, you know? There are a lot of great rappers, but I also feel like, India got hip hop later. Like, you know, America hip hop, you know, started in like, you know, 70s, 80s, and it really blew into what it is in the 90s and 2000s. We've had this whole experience with hip hop, but India just received hip hop in a lot of ways. So I think we're gonna see it play its own, like it's gonna have its own timeline, you know? So there are incredible rappers that have learned from the greats. You know, they've studied Nas, they've studied Jay-Z and Tupac and Biggie, and they'll tell you about KRS-One. And, you know, they'll tell you about, you know, Wu-Tang and they'll know that stuff. Those are the artists I think that are really ahead right now. And then there's the people that have like, kind of just learned from whatever was pop culture you know, in the time that they've been alive, they didn't really go and search. So I think that is something I'm combating through the show and um, through just elevating, you know, the ones that I think are really like quality, because I, my goal is if you go and Google Indian hip hop, like everything dope should come up. Like if any of that crazy stuff, like I just don't want it to come mm. up. Did you enjoy judging on the show? First of all, I love behind the scenes stories. And I think judging competition shows is such a weird thing and, and you imagine said it's a show that's the first season you know nobody really knows like it's never been anything like this in india hip-hop is like a new fascination because there was a film called gully boy um which nas was involved in i think that that's what kind of brought up about the interest in india and like understanding that the hip-hop movement was real and uh this show i mean there was people competing that were like i just started rapping three months ago when i saw gully boy you know, that's like what we're seeing, but it was crazy. It's, that's it's, how it happens though. People see something and they're influenced by it. Exactly. That's the power. How do you feel about the talent that, that's been on the show? I think the first season we got a lot of talent. You know, I think you could see with the success that they're having, you know, and um, 
for them, I mean, we didn't have a platform like that that got millions of views on our songs every week. So, I mean, I think it's going to be a really great tool, you know, to keep putting hip hop out in India and continue to keep like diversifying everything. Like there was only one label before. Now there's like three or four hip hop labels. All, only thing that good that can come from that is like more music, like more artists, more possibilities. So I think we're growing. I think a lot of girls were inspired after first season. We had a few girls that are, you know, they're, they're doing their thing now. And, and they're, they were before COVID, they were performing, you know, people were, they were starting to headline festivals and do these shows and their fans knew the words. So it's, is, a, it's kind of like American Idol the first season. Is you know? Indian like, hip hop a little more female friendly because in the early days, especially in the early days of American hip hop, it was very much a boys club, very sexist and, and you know, not, not a lot of feminism going on in the industry. How is that playing out in Indian hip hop? Well, India is, is like plagued with patriarchy, like in a very real way where the thing you have to think about is these women that are rapping, they had to go against like families and backgrounds to even like come to the location to like to be on stage and rap like some some Indian women like this as soon as they menstruate they're taken out of school like so we're dealing with a lot of like things that are going against the woman being exalted you know right but 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 the great thing is that it's not as vulgar, you know, because there's a lot of like censorship, you know, it's not right. as vulgar. Like, there wasn't even kissing scenes or sex scenes in films until recently. So it's not outwardly like that, but I do feel that patriarchy plays a role in like how much women are paid, how many opportunities they get, you know, how they try to pit them against each other the same way it happens here, but it's a little bit more over there. So I do my best to, to clear more space for the girls. And like, whenever people expect me to like, fight with somebody that maybe looks similar or rap similar. I just bring them in the fold. I'm like, listen. Yeah, are there, are there Indian hip hop beefs? Like there are American hip hop beefs? Oh, huge beefs. There was like, this happened for the first time in India. So they never understood beefs before. So there was like a rap beef where one rapper made a video and then a rough thar, my uh, other judge on Hustle replied. And then that went on. And these guys have like almost a hundred million views on these, these battle raps. You know, that's great. It's crazy because you're dealing with numbers, you know, and I think a majority of views on hip hop videos worldwide come from India. That's India. yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. How much time do you spend? Have you let me go back when you were a kid? Did you travel to India a lot? Did you have family that you visited there? Like how much time did you spend in India as a kid? Every summer. And this is like before the internet. So it was like, hey, I left and I did, came back three months later with like stories, you know, like I didn't get to call my friends. I wrote them letters, Yeah, you know, everybody sending me messages while we're talking. Um, yeah, so I would go every summer. I have family there. My father's side of the family lives in Hyderabad. So I still have my grandma and a whole side of my family in India. And my mother's side is mostly settled here. So I've grown up with about 13 of my cousins are all, we're all first cousins. Um, our parents all emigrated together in the seventies and then we were all born here. So it's a little tight knit little squad, but India has always, like I've gone every year. Let's talk about your songwriting career, which has, you know, propelled you and, and been kind to your bank account. I'm sure you co-wrote Centuries, the Fallout Boy song Centuries, which was on no fewer than seven hundred TV shows and movies and commercials. Huge. It was yeah. an insane 
experience. So I think a fallout boy, you think about a band, you don't think about them inviting a co-writer in. So tell me about that experience. So, you know, that was actually a really, it was not a normal um, experience, like where we would go in there. Actually, what happened was um, Justin Tranter, who is very, very famous songwriter now, you know, he's written for Justin Bieber, for Selena Gomez, like he did Sorry. I mean, like it's endless. Sometimes he has seven songs battling in the top 10, like now. Yeah. But this was our first platinum. So he had he hadn't yet to take his, his meteoric rise. Um, so we used to write together a lot. And uh, myself, him and JR Rodham, we were in, we were working on some songs and uh, we just took about 15 minutes. We just had this idea, Justin came in, he was like, what about this? Remember me for centuries. And I was like, oh, I love that. And I started imagining like being on a chariot of fire. And I think we wrote the hook in 10 minutes, you know, and I sang it. Uh, Legends are told, some turn to dust, turn to gold. You will remember me, remember me for centuries. Hey, oh, hey. I mean, that's essentially an Indian melody. Hey, uh, remember me for centuries. So we sang it. And I was thinking, okay, maybe Rihanna, Jay-Z, like this could be like a Rihanna thing, you know? And I think within like a day, our pub, my publisher got it and she just played it for their management. And I think at the time they weren't planning on making an album, but they heard themselves in it, you know? And we had different lyrics. I said like, um, uh, these, uh, something uh, like words made of stones, uh, I said, Something about stones, some words turned to dust. Like it wasn't exactly the lyrics they have there. These are weird adjusted, you know, for their desires. But um, they heard themselves in it. And then they wrote their verses, they wrote the bridge, they played all the instruments, they just took the whole song and created it. But we had like written that melody, you know? Yeah. And um, watching that song just, I mean, this is a top 10 in the US. This is synced on, like on um, on NFL. Like I was like all the ESPN college things. It was like, yeah. But I one of the biggest the biggest things that happened with that song for me that's always been important to me was that Kobe Bryant walked out to his final game as a Laker two centuries. And you're an LA girl. And I'm an LA girl. And I was in India when this happened. I think I was going through whatever I was going through. And to hear that that had happened, that one of the greatest athletes of all time thought that the song that we were a part of was good enough to be the soundtrack of his incredible moment. I felt so fulfilled in that. And I think being a songwriter on a song like that took a lot of pressure away because it wasn't like it was me, you know, that had to like be in front of everybody like that at that time. But I saw what was possible with the song, you know? I saw, you know, what it's like if something goes top 10. So no matter what I do, no matter how indie or people don't think my music's gonna be whatever they, whatever the ideas they have, I still remember that feeling and I still know it's possible. You know, I still know it can happen again. And hopefully for yourself. But that's what I mean for yeah. me. I mean, I, I do songwriting still when it makes sense. Like if if I'm friends with the, the artist and, you know, if I'm in the room with the artist, then I, I love to songwrite because to step out of your own space and to try something different or tell a different story is, is just, it's really great. You know, it's a fun way. And also it helps the artist express themselves. So, I mean, I do some songwriting, but, you know, now it's mostly just for myself. In your first big credit, was the Iggy Azalea song, Change Your Life, which you got a Grammy nomination for that, right? I mean, the album was Grammy nominated, so right. technically I became so, a Grammy nominated. Yeah, song, yeah, right? it's, the whole Grammy nomination thing's interesting to me because, you know, you, you even, like, just right now, you kind of downplayed it. But yet- I, I 
<laughs> I know. I'm not trying to downplay. It's just that I, I, I'm very thankful, you know, to be considered amongst my peers, you know, that that have been honored with something like that. So I think it's it's something to have been a part of a project, you know, that's that. But I, I, um, I kind of I'm waiting for my Grammy moment to be something, you know, more substantial. That's why I'm like, yes, it's true, but, you know. Right, right. You wrote what, like five co-wrote what, five, six songs with Gwen Stefani? Something like that. I mean, that was, that's what I'm saying. That was a situation where I was in the room. So, I mean, Justin. That was a luck thing, basically? Well, Justin Tranter, who I I told you earlier, the god of pop, you know, he was obviously a a co-writer, like a writing partner for me. And so, you know, we started the sessions together and the first session, you know, was probably maybe a week, 10 days after Gwen found out about her husband's infidelity. That was obviously a very public experience. So I think the first month of us working together was therapy, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, she would come in with a diary and she would have like whatever thoughts she had scribbled and we would, you know, talk about it together. It was, we just called it the breakfast club because it was like the weirdest group of people. It was like JR wrote him, He's like this high strung, like super like detailed music guy, you know, and he, I don't know, he's hilarious. Justin, who's like this flamboyant, like crazy character, Gwen Stefani, and then this Lindian girl, you know? So she's like, how did we get here? But we just, you know, we created a safe space and we made, I think like eight, nine songs. And I think five or six of them, you know, ended up being across her platform. But that was the last songwriting project I really did. I think working with Gwen, she was so committed to her artistry, like, even when she's going through whatever she's going through, she still had the red lipstick on, you know? Yeah. And yeah. like, she was still wearing heels in the studio with her sweatsuit. And I was just like, I don't know, she inspired me to to stop half-assing my career. Yeah. Like at that point I was signed to a deal at Epic, but I, I wasn't making, you know, we weren't pushing it. I wasn't making them put the music out. And I think after the Gwen, um, after, you know, me and Gwen worked together, I went and really did the album, you know, I wrote Mute. I like wrote these records that would end up being the first album. And I did it because, you know, I saw it took full commitment, you know, yeah. all the time to really do it. And then I just never turned back. So what was it like making that transition from writing for others to really looking at yourself? How did you go about deciding the direction of your album, the style, the musical style, who you were going to collaborate with. How did that whole thing come together? Was it was it a, a set of meetings or was it a more organic, gradual kind of thing? Oh, it was completely organic. Um, I think the whole time I'm writing songs, you know, as a songwriter, I'm recording all the demos. So essentially I'm recording the songs, you know? So what ended up happening is we'd always write these really crazy songs and they'd be like, whoa, this is insane, but who is gonna sing this song? And I'm like, me, I am already singing it. It's here recorded, you love it. Hey, me, you know? Um, So I already kind of had a catalog of records that I knew were like, hey, this is really the direction I wanna go. It's different than anybody. Nobody else has ever wanted to sing these records because they couldn't embody them. These are me. And I think the first album, you know, was made in Atlanta mostly. So I spent that whole project across the hall from Future, you know? So that was its own, that's why I mean, like all my albums are really experienced by like where I made them. Like I spent three months in Atlanta. And you, you didn't grab him to do, to do a guest first? You know, we were, we had talked about doing something and, and I, and I think that, I think the offer is always still there. It just needs to like kind of line up again, but Future is always, Future actually gave me the best advice. He's the one that really told me, you know, you cannot rely on like the label to like make 
this happened for you. You have to create the culture and then they can exploit it, you know? So he was telling me that's kind of how he made his whole thing, his vibe. So he influenced me to move to India in a lot of ways, you know, just to be, pick it all up and go because I was like, got to get the culture up. We've gotten a few, a couple singles. We got NRI, we got Peace. What's musically, what's the rest of the album about? So the bridge is, is, um, it's definitely a transition. I think the first album was about manifestation. You know, the come up is about setting intention. You know, just a dollar and a dream now we're certified. You know, that was written the week that I got the certification for centuries. I was like, oh my God, I'm certified. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, the second album, Bloodline, was really about, you know, fighting so hard. You know, I had to like fight everyone to be in India, to be away from everybody. And then I had to fight so hard to get a new budget, you know, when everything switched to the label. Everything was about fighting, fighting, fighting. So the second album was War Songs. You know, it was my war cry, everything. What I was willing to do to defend what was important to me, you know? And I feel like this album is healing in a lot of ways. You know, it's like I'm at this place where I'm, I'm confident with who I am. So I have fun with that, you know? And I think that this is this is really about, the bridge is about being the bridge from the ancient to the modern, from the West to the East. And for me, music is the bridge between myself and God. So in all times, I always kind of like, that's what peace was really that touch in the album. But um it's gonna be fun, really like rap songs. I'm singing more, it's funky. There's a lot of Indian influence and it was recorded in India. So I just feel like it has this attitude because did when you, I'm in did India- Did you use I, Indian producers when you recorded it? I used two Indian producers on this album and one of them is really young, under 21 years old. So that's cool, it's the future. But I think uh, like a lot of the, like on this album, in America, you know, like we talked about in America, maybe people know me at like an Indian event or maybe some people do know me, you know, that like are into the scene, you know, now it's at, it's growing, it's half million, you know, it's, it's got some number. So obviously people are listening. So some people do know, but in India, there's a different vibe, you know, like we can't really go around without security. Like you can't do certain things. So I think a lot of that rubbed off onto the music. It's very, very bossy. How much do you care about being more famous in America, especially for your own solo music? I don't know if I care about being famous. I just care about, I care about exposure. Like I care about the ability to, to broadcast my message further. I care about visibility. I guess that is what fame is, but I think that's like a dangerous slope, you know, cause you could be famous for a TikTok, you know? Yeah. So I want to be, I just want to continue doing my work. And to me being, making it in America means access to you know, more creatives, you know, access to larger budgets so I can go crazier with my videos. And all I care about is the art that I'm making. Cause you know, we're not even, we're not touring right now. So my focus is just on how do I deliver my message through this, you know? Yeah, right, exactly. Cause I can usually get them on stage. And you're such a great performer. You have this larger, you know, you 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 come out and I think you you run a good balance of being in your face, but also kind of your best friend that you would want to hang out with. <laughs> the the in-between talk is really funny. I, I miss that. I I just I saw some footage of me like talking to the crowd. And I and I feel like probably during that time, like last year, like 2019, when we were all planning for 2020 to be the biggest year, I really wish I had like taken that in more because I think that the fan, the crowds are like a friend in a lot of ways, you know, like they're there for you and they experience these highs with you. You know, it's, it was, there was a show that I headlined um, last year, this festival, which was a big dream of mine. And there was another headliner on another stage that was like a foreign artist. And I think he was like a rock 
band I should know I'm so sorry but I know that when I started like they didn't expect that many people to be there and the crowds are like pouring in like it was like a bowl kind of the crowd was like coming in and then my biggest song City Slums when I sang it the first time it was like the place erupted like the energy was off the charts and I literally had to sing it again they were like again and I've never encored anything in my life and the second time I sang it that place exploded and I like I literally got this tattoo after that because I was like, I'm like, this is a weapon. This is a weapon. You know, because I was like, this is my weapon from the universe through my thousand petaled lotus become my power because this is my mic hand. That's how that, I mean, those things, you know, we can never replace, but, um, you know. Outside of the coronavirus situation, it's an interesting time to release new music in the hip hop world because it's so wide open. Like I, I like listening to the, the fresh front, the fresh finds hip hop playlist on Spotify. And if you listen to that, you know, the, which is mainly populated by rappers ages, you know, 16 to 25, it's all over the place. There's, there's people who are still doing the trap drums, the 808s, the skittering, you know, sounds, but then you have these, there's also rappers who are in their teens who are doing like early nineties, boom bap, like New York yeah, style. It's like coming back. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel about the state of hip hop overall uh, releasing this album now? You know, um, I'm, I think hip hop is in a beautiful place. I think especially in India, just, I don't know, America, you don't, you don't have this thing because in India, usually the music is dominated by the films. The music scene is all Hindi film music. So if a new film is coming out, the top 10 is like all of them songs from that film. So there's no films releasing right now. So it's wide open right now. So like we're getting so much more traction there. I think America is in a space where especially everybody's home. So everybody's like bored with what they normally get. So I'm hoping that this is a time that people are willing to kind of experiment and see different things. I'm really thankful where I am in my life right now because I don't even worry. I just know that I'm working in divine timing and that the project is ready and you know everything's going to move forward. And because I don't know who needs to receive the messages on the CD on the album you know yeah we don't know who is supposed to hear it maybe there's some little girl or someone that's feeling alone that's supposed to hear it and and you know get that energy from it so it's a weird time i guess because i can't go to you know radio stations and i can't show up and shake fans and i can't you know perform for everyone and you know i can't do what i always do but it's still an important time to give music to people what are your hopes for this album in america like, how do you hope you just like close your eyes inside? I, was that like a terrible question? Are you like, have you, no, it's, it's do you have anxiety dream. about that? No, I, I have a dream and I know that, it, that a lot of people will say that it's not possible, but I just, I mean, at every, and every album I, I always hope it's, I know there's always going to be the one there's always gonna be like, you know, I have, I was, I'm really good friends with people like Megan Trainer, who was a songwriter. There was a young girl that I used to like always, you know, when she came to LA, I would call her mom and be like, I'd pick her up and keep her at my house. Like someone I'm close to that blew up on one song, just skyrocketed out of the right. atmosphere, you know? So I know that it only takes one song, but we also don't know, like you can never predict, you know, which song. Yeah. So with every album, I just hope and, and pray that this is the one that, that allows me to, you know, do my true purpose, which is to like, you know, ha put Eastern music and Eastern culture in front of everyone and make people understand the similarities and that there's so much that can be shared culturally, you know, through 
me through everybody through music but you know if i can be the first one to introduce it then i really feel like that's my purpose like i don't know if anybody else you know no one else grew up in america so when i'm talking i, I can't like in india they'll be like your accent is fake and i'm like this is what i have you know so in america it's like to make it in america was is the dream you know that's i think that's why i was born here you know um to actually do it so i love my music you know to be top 10 in the us of course yeah i'd love it streaming you know because everything is made with care and it's made with intention so if the universe is allowing something with intention to be top 10 then it's putting a good vibration on earth you know you have so much energy and so much enthusiasm right now but you can't go out and and use it <laughs> so like what what's your day to day like how are you how are you you know keeping yourself sane well, I um, I adopted my friend's dog because he wasn't, you know, able to, he just had a baby. So the baby and the dog in the small space was like too much. Yeah. So two, two walks a day, I've become vegan in the last couple months. So I'm cooking myself all my meals. Were you, were you a good, were you a good cook before then? Are you a good? I, you know, I was just so busy and in India, you have a cook and you have, you know, and then I was only in America for like 10 days at a time. So I wouldn't really think about it. So I'm just doing all like, the human things I'm growing vegetables and you know I'm staying hydrated and I'm doing whatever work I need to do you know to prepare we did put together a photo shoot with a very small team you know we are trying to still shoot videos safely you know but um I'm taking this time to just spend it on me I, I don't know when I took a breath in the last five years like yeah. since the release of mute I have been on a full sprint so I'm glad I at least got to the cover of Rolling Stone India before I had to take a break. I'm like, okay. Yeah. You definitely did what you could while you still could could do things. I've been milking it mm -hmm. in every situation. And even like with me and Sean, it was just me and Sean, he had a mask on and I didn't. And I just, we just hoped for the best, you know? <laughs> like He wasn't that close to me. He was still six feet, you know? We just hope for the best. Well, thank you so much for your time. I'll let you go. Best of luck on the new album. Looking well, forward to you. it. I'm excited. Thank you so much for, for you're getting me excited about it. I'm like, oh, it is coming reality. Do you have a do you have a date for the album? I don't like to speak on dates until they're released because I hate going back on a date. But I mean, I can say that the album is complete. The, the cover has been shot and everything is in mixed. So it is coming. I actually kind of like that new style of, hey, guess what? Here's my album out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, I usually, we give them like three days. We're like, hey, by the way, it's here. Cause no one has attention span. I can't tease, give a teaser 10 days before. I can give it three days before. And it's wild because you have the American side and the Indian side to anticipate, to see how it does in, in each country. The funniest is trying to find the right time to post stuff because LA will be nine, like right now it's 1.45 PM in LA. It's 1.45 AM in India. So like I have to do like, like a lot of times for India, I have to do like 7.30 a.m. or 8 a.m. interviews if it's live in India, because that's 8 p.m. for them. How is the, uh, the, the, the press in India, the media in India, how do they treat hip hop? Do they treat it seriously? Are there a lot of hip hop journalists? There are some, I think it's a budding scene. I think people are educating themselves and the ones that are like, that know are like they've been at Rolling Stone for 10 years or they've been, you know, they've been following the scene or they know about KRS-One, you know, like we need, those people are the ones that are speaking, but then there's a lot of people that, you know, it's gonna take time. I'll let you go for real. I appreciate it and I will talk to you later. Okay, thank you. Bye Jordan.
It's Real with Jordan Edwards is presented by PopDust. Go to popdust.com for the latest in pop culture, music, and entertainment. And you can find my photography and video work at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio.com.